Warning. The following episode will include Julie Andrews, Half-Assed Research, Strong Language, More Talk About Fucking Texas, Small Ducks, Murder of Small Ducks, and the following episode will include, well, just more talk of people getting shot. Welcome to the Ben Library Podcast. Welcome to the Banned Library Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about books that have been banned or censored or otherwise removed from school reading lists, libraries, all that mess. Soon, movies as well. We're going to throw back into some movies. And Well, my name is S.D. Harker, librarian, writer, curtain hanger. You can follow me on Twitter, at Writer. You can follow the library, at Library on Twitter. Also, Instagram, Facebook, and on the 90210 fan page, Dylan fucking rocks. But I don't pay attention to most of those other than Twitter most of the time. If you'd like to help support the band library, go to our Patreon over on patreon.com slash band library. There's a link in the post and on the website. For a dollar a month, just $12 a year. You can become a member of the Friends of the Band Library and get access to damn near everything we've ever posted going back at least two years. Maybe more. I don't really keep track. So today we're talking about The Sissy Duckling by Harvey Firestein and Henry Cole, illustrator. It's about a small duck named Elmer. He doesn't fill in, fit in very well with the other ducks until there's a killing spree on their flight to home for the winter. And he gets to show how special he really is. Book was, like I said, Written by Harvey Firestein, Harvey Forbes Firestein, born June 6, 1954, New York, New York, to Irving, a hand- handkerchief manufacturer, and Jacqueline Harriet, a school librarian. Started acting in 1971, Andy Warhol's film Pork. He's best known for his semi autobiographical play and film Tort Song Trilogy, which he wrote and starred in. In 83, he won a Tony for the best performance by a lead actor in a play and best play for Tort Song Trilogy. Have you had to watch it? Probably should. I always liked Harvey. Every time he pops up in movies. He is a renowned playwright, like I said, stand-up comedian, columnist, actor, on many gay issues. He has written on many gay issues. In 1984, he won his third Tony for Best Book for a Musical for the play La Cage à Follies. I believe that's the bird cage, but I can't remember. I need to go back and do a little bit more research. I don't know much about the Broadway stage, I'll tell you that right now. I know the basics. Know as much as my high school girlfriend wanted me to know, I guess. Then in 2003, he won Tony for Best Performance by a Lead Actor in a Musical for the musical Hairspray. Another John Waters production. If you've been following us, we did Pink Flamingos um, maybe a year ago or so. This fourth award made him only one of two people 
to win the Tony in four different categories, and he shares this honor with Tommy Toon. From February 2005 until the show's close in 2006, Firestein played the lead role to Veille. Mm, I feel bad about that. In the Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof. Tevier? I'm going to say Tevier. Not going to lie. This has been a really difficult recording process. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. First file, completely wiped. This one, recording not going great. So we'll see how this turns out. And hopefully I can leave this in as a small apology in the middle of Mr. Fire scenes. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, you probably know him best if you know him at all from his cameo roles in like Mrs. Delphire. He's the guy who makes the mask. He got the really gravelly voice and he was in independence day, which strangely enough, I don't remember him in that movie. Oh wait. Yes, I do. He's the guy that Jeff Goldblum works at the cable company with or whatever. Wow. That just popped in my brain. He's done many voiceovers for characters, television, films, such as Carl, Homer Simpson's assistant, in the episode of The Simpsons. And he played the voice of Elmer from this book in the 1999 HBO special that this comes from. He was also the voice of Yao in the Walt Disney film Mulan in 1998. And he narrated an Academy Academy Award-winning documentary, The Life and Times of Harvey Milk. Maybe I should slow down a little bit. But yeah, Mr. Firestein is amazingly accomplished and a wonderful person from what I can tell. I mean, I I don't know the man. Maybe he's a raving psychopath, but seems nice enough. And he writes a really good book. But as illustrator, Mr. Cole, I'll also tell you, I couldn't find a whole lot on. He grew up on a dairy farm in Virginia in 1955. He enjoyed art as a child, of course. Made birthday cards for friends, signs for school functions. Had a friend that did that. Dropped off for a while recently doing art. Good job, Joe. Seen some of his stuff. But Mr. Cole here went on to study forestry at the Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University. Never received any formal art training, but his mom was an illustrator who gave him advice throughout his career. He worked with Julie Andrews as and the illustrator on another previous book, and Tango Makes Three. To be honest, like I said, I couldn't find a whole lot about the man. So I got info mostly from his Wikipedia page and that's about it. There's not a whole lot. There's a link to his website under sources because he deserves a lot of credit. He's an amazing artist and should check out most of his works. Now, why are we talking about the sissy duckling? Well, once again, Texas enters the fray. 2004, it was challenged with 15 other books with LGBT positive themes at the Montgomery County Memorial Library System. Apparently, the language, or the, I don't know, the views of the Librarian Patrons of Texas, it was a website that challenged the books, it matched other groups with similar themes, such as the Parents Against Bad Books in Schools in Virginia. Uh, both these organizations are pretty much crap. Uh, both websites are gone, and as of this recording, it doesn't seem like they're very effective or ever were. The book was put back on the shelves, as far as I know. But, yeah, they're just a bunch of assholes who decided to be assholes around 2004-ish. And they have since either gone defunct or, hell, maybe they're storming the steps of the Capitol as we speak. Who knows? It's just one of those issues that 
crops up every few years where somebody gets mad about something and doesn't want their kids learning something in somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And decides that the rest of the community needs to follow those guidelines as well. Fucking assholes is what it is. But anyway, let's stop talking about those jerks. That's the only reason we're talking about this. Outside of the fact that it is a wonderful little book that features some murder. Uh, It started out as a 1999 HBO Children's Special, like we said. It was nominated for Glad Media Awards for Outstanding Individual Episode three years before the book's release. It was finally put together. The book itself is, like I said before, a small duck named Elmer. He lives in the pond with his mom, his papa, and his mama. They don't really fit in, though. He likes to make arts and crafts while they're pushing him more towards, you know, baseball and other shit like that. He even tries to play baseball at one point, but he strikes out. He doesn't get the rules. He doesn't understand why he's doing it. And his dad gets angry and says he's not good enough. He's a sissy. It's not good. It's bad. He's embarrassing. All the other kids are laughing at him. For Elmer's defense, though, he's, he's kind of a badass. He's much better than I was when I was a kid. This actually does mirror a lot of my own growing up, I guess. You know, people pushing, you should do this. You should be in the football team. You should play basketball. You should play, you know, because I'm a tall guy. But I hated it. I never saw the point. I've never been much of a competition person, to tell you the truth. So when people push me for it, or even still today, oh, you could have done it if you wanted to. Well, I didn't want to. So I empathize with Elmer here. I didn't have the strength that he did to go off and do his own thing, and just kind of sucked at things and felt miserable for a couple of years until I finally found folks that sort of felt the same way I did and made me feel better about the things I didn't like. Who knows? But yeah, Elmer's dad calls his son a sissy, you know, why are you doing this? He's all angry. And he's like your stereotypical, typical, stereotypical, like mallard, you know, green head, brown body, whatever. While Elmer's just this little yellow duckling running around. He sort of stays that way the entire story, which I don't know what that sort of paints in the image. He doesn't take after his dad, definitely, I guess. But Elmer feels bad. His dad doesn't love him, or at least he feels that way. And from what it seems, it, that's the way it is. Because guess what, parents? When you call your kids names, when you tell them they're not good enough or you're disappointed in them for just being themselves, well, guess what? They're going to think they, you hate them. And some of them, like Elmer here, are going to run away. Luckily, Elmer doesn't fall in with a crowd of like deviants and start spray painting things and doing heroin and, you know, turning tricks for crack in the sidewalks or whatever he built himself a nice little home unfortunately or fortunately I guess he does find himself his own home he builds himself Uh, a lot of people don't get this Uh, they don't have that inner strength that Elmer does but Elmer here does unfortunately he is doing this alone he's by himself which I think is there's a critique on that that you can really go into Uh, That he is just doing this for himself, by himself. He doesn't reach out to anyone else. He doesn't feel like there is anyone else that can help him. Like there's strength in that, that he can build his own home. But it would have been nicer if he found a community that could have embraced him. 
instead of having to prove himself to the community he belongs to. Maybe that's just me. I mean, my own, like I said, once I got away from where I felt like I was disappointing everyone for not being like them and found a group that celebrated or at least enjoyed the things that I didn't like, you know, made me feel better about the things that were important to me. And they also felt that it was important to them. I think that might have been a little bit better lesson, but whatever. On the day the ducks are all flying south, you know, mom and papa are getting ready and mama's, she was always defender, thankfully. It's another stereotypical role that the mother is the caregiver that looks out after, but then tries to make the peace and all that. But, you know, that is, is the way things are sometimes. She was trying to make peace before Elmer left, but he left. And dad said good riddance and same here. The day they're going to fly south, she's like, well, what about Elmer? And dad's papa is like, fuck him. He ran off. He's gone. We're going to go too. And Elmer's actually, I believe, watching them go. And he sees them flying off. And all of a sudden, there's gunfire. Hunters are there. This was actually a surprising turn. I did not see this coming in the book. In a book about, you know, duck-on-duck peer pressure, or whatever the hell you want to call this, that all of a sudden, multiple ducks would get gunned down. I mean, it is a fact of life. Ducks get shot. Ducks get eaten. You know, circle of life or whatever. But to see several of them drop, and especially Elmer's papa, falls to the ground. And everybody's like, shit, well, should we go back? And everybody's like, no, fuck him. And they just keep flying. They even, I believe they like take mom on. Like, just drag her off. And they fly south. And Elmer finds his dad. You know, he's out and he's unconscious. Thankfully, there's not just like blood splashed across the page. This is not one of those darker comic books, but it's still fairly gruesome to see Elmer's dad just laid out and he drags him to his little home that he's made. Again, I think this would have been a better opportunity to show a community, but as you know, the community takes care of whatever Elmer's papa and gets them together, but it is perfectly fine that Elmer is strong enough to have built this by himself and takes care of his dad by himself and raises him and as snow falls He entertains him with the crafts and the art that, you know, he enjoys. And his dad comes to appreciate his son, which is not always the case. And that's super sad, but it is nice to have a hopeful story here. The shared experiences can bond people, even struggles. Of course, that's always true. You know, people in war or soldiers and People that go through traumatic things, they've always been sort of bonded. People are better when they're helping each other during stressful times. Doesn't seem true if you look in today's, you know, rhetoric or groups that are out there, but that's how those groups form. They find bonds together when they think they're being hurt. Hurt people, hurt people kind of thing. But anyway, as the father and son get together, they're really good. Uh, the next winter or the next summer, you know, spring comes, the ducks fly back in. And Elmer and his dad are like, look at us, we're still fucking alive, and this kid's awesome. And everybody's like, fuck yeah, that kid's awesome. And I believe there's a bully duck that tries to like be like, Elmer, you're a piece of shit. And everybody's like, the fuck are you talking about? 
Elmer just lasted an entire winter by himself with his hurt dad. And his dad's like, yeah, fuck yeah. He, he helped me out. He's special. He's a great kid. Of course, mom's like, fuck yeah, he's special. I always knew that. That's always a loaded term, though. I never liked the term, he's special. Like, everybody's special, that kind of thing. No, he's just somebody who did the right thing. And the fact that that's special, that sucks even more. <laughs> the fact that the rest of us couldn't do that, or wouldn't be able to, or... I don't know. That, that, that just fills me with sort of a sadness for humanity. Of course, the point of the book is to learn what makes you special and be special around. That's a great lesson, but it also is sort of like, maybe we shouldn't all be dicks. <laughs> maybe it shouldn't take a one special person that doesn't quite fit in to unite us all and show us that everything's great or everything could be great if we embrace everybody equally. I mean, that is a great lesson, but God damn it, we should just already be like this. It shouldn't take you know, an outsider or somebody that thinks differently to make us not be dickheads. But that's just me. I don't know. So yeah, like I, and overall, the, this book is amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, critiques aside, that's just me, you know, usually being my own asshole self. I do like the clever drawings, the sort of almost cartoon, watercolor, Looney Tunes-esque um, look to all the animals. They're not, it, it's not drawn like an animal. It's drawn very exaggerated, as this tale is supposed to be, an exaggeration on life. And I think the artwork fits really well with that, giving it a little bit more, almost a little bit more oomph. Like this is a cartoon, but this is a cartoon with weight where people get mocked and hated and try to be be themselves. That's a good lesson. The story overall is just very heartwarming, heartwarming, blah, blah, blah. but it is a kid's picture book where a dad gets shot. So <laughs> I, I just love that it's the pseudo LGBT content that this one got targeted for when, yeah, he's different, but it never says, you know, like he goes off and finds, you know, like Marlon Bundo that we covered a couple weeks ago where, you know, he's now boffing another rabbit or whatever. He just is himself and that's great. And it's, yeah, it's, he's special. That's the, it's not even an LGBT thing. This is a book where multiple people get, or creatures, ducks, whatever, get fucking shot. Named characters get gunned down and have to be taken care of. And the people, things that people are worried about is, oh, that duck's a sissy. And that he owns this sissiness. Ooh, oh no. It's just fascinating that people are so stupid. Would, would I recommend it? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it's fun enough. Most kids will enjoy it. The The actual violence that I talked about is very understated. It just sort of, I mean, kids are probably going to have questions. You know, well, why is daddy hurt? You know, like, well, you know, people hurt him as they were flying south. He, or you could like talk it off like, oh, he hurt his wing and he can't fly with the rest of them. And so Elmer has to take care of him. That's a very sweet story. Not that... He got brutally gunned down. <laughs> that's fucking dark. But anyway, that's the story for this time. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, Patreon, patreon.com slash bandlottery. Help us out for that. And that's it for this week. Probably a short one. I'm sorry for 
the weight and the issues, but um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Stay in and read a book. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.